0: Welcome to the Nonprofit Voice, which is brought to you by Nonprofit Pro, the go-to resource for nonprofit management and strategy. For our Nonprofit Voice tech series, join Mark Becker, founding partner of Texas Partners and editorial advisory board member for Nonprofit Pro. In each episode, he will welcome nonprofit executives and technology partners to discuss the latest nonprofit tools to help your organization navigate the rapidly evolving technology landscape. This special episode features a technology provider that will be attending BridgeTech, a new education day on August 2nd prior to the Bridge Conference in National Harbor, Maryland. For more information and to join Nonprofit Pro, DMAW, and AFPDC at BridgeTech, visit bridgeconf.com. That's B R I D G E C O N F.com and add BridgeTech to your Bridge Conference registration at checkout.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, Mark Becker here, founding partner of Cathexis Partners. Today, we're going to talk about volunteerism. Um, So uh, to that end, um, Sam, do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. Thanks a lot, Mark. I'm Sam Van Kuchen. I'm the founder and CEO of Golden, which is the most award-winning volunteer management software in the world and the most popular app for volunteering. Although many of our clients who use Golden have their branding on our products, so end users don't always uh, recognize golden at face value for being the infrastructure they're used to using.
1: I did notice that when I was, um, looking around at hands on Atlanta and their, their, um, registration process and their volunteerism didn't see your, your uh, logos anywhere. So well done. I I like the incognito, um, leave the, uh, nonprofits to shine. Um, and i kind of spoiled it already um stepped on the intro to tim if you want to tell your tell everybody about yourself uh and your organization
3: sure uh yeah thanks for, for having me on my name is tim Atkins. i'm the director of marketing uh, and communications at, at hands on atlanta i've uh, been in my role for about five and a half years um seen a lot seen a global pandemic uh, <laughs> seen seen the world change seen how volunteering changes um hands on atlanta uh it's been around since 1989. So we're like a legacy organization, um, here, uh, in the Atlanta community. Uh, just, you know, we, we mobilize volunteers. So we, we partner with, um, nonprofits and schools, uh, across the city, uh, to tackle our, our city's most pressing needs. So primarily focused on education, food, security, sustainability, um, as where you'll see most, of, most of the projects, uh, posted on our calendar for, but, um, uh, we've got a lot of programming. We do a lot of stuff. We're spread really thin, like any other nonprofit. We're trying to we're trying to do it all, um, and the, you know the software and the technology that we use really does help help us. And so I'm you know looking forward to to the conversation today to, to talk a little bit more about that.
1: And as I understand it, you've been on um, kind of fully rolled out on Golden for about six months now. Is that right? So post pandemic? Well, post ish. I mean, are we ever post pandemic? Then yes, no, maybe, but yeah. So. Last six months or so—is that right?
3: Yeah, that's right. Um, we've been uh, in, in talks with uh, with Sam and his team for for a couple years, and uh, we finally uh, were able to kind of get the process rolling and, and get everything together. Get the you know we had to do a little fundraising on our part um, to to get the wheels rolling, and then once you know we we turned the switch. I, I believe it was uh, July twenty fifth of um, two thousand twenty two, uh, and it was a lot of data migration lot of spreadsheets, a lot of lot of exports and imports, um, and uh, once we got everything set up, it's been uh, it's been a fantastic uh, benefit to not only my team, uh, just the way that we operate and the way that we work, but obviously the, the community at large. Um, it's the uh, you know, it's the the quickest and the fastest way that people can can post opportunities, but also that they can find them and sign up for opportunities to serve. Which that's what we're all about. So we're, we're a frequency game. We're trying to engage as many people as possible. Um, there's 6 million people in Metro Atlanta. We're talking to close to 40,000 every year. So we've got a long wow. way to go. Um, and, you know, this technology has been able to, uh, to really help us, help us move in, in the right direction. I mean, I can spit off some, some quick numbers, if you want, just to, some Please. some growth so far that we've seen. Um, it, you know, when you look at like this time, first six months, uh, that we've had on golden. So our fiscal year starts, uh, in August. Uh, so just going from August 22 to, to February 23, um, we've engaged about 5,000 more people than we did the same time prior, uh, to last year. And we've had tons of virtual opportunities as well. So like there, there hasn't been a, a, a lack of, of, uh, volunteer engagement or choice for for that matter um, it's it's simply been been more of a frequency of, of numbers and, and people that were getting through the system um, uh, we've seen an increase in 8, uh, 18,000 hours in service so people are you know more people are serving and um, we're accumulating more hours and so th- those are like the two highline uh, metrics that we're looking at um, our partners are posting more projects so we've got about uh, 3000 more projects posted this time uh, you know, using golden than we did, uh, before as well. So partners are finding success. We're able to check in people faster. There's all kinds of been, I could go on for, for a long time about, <laughs> but all the no, th- things great. we like about it, but, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been dramatic for, for us, uh, in our organization, just in terms of, um, how we're able to help our nonprofits and build their capacity, but also how we're able to help volunteers just find what they're looking for, um, as frictionless as possible.
1: Yeah, and as I understand it, you're on you're on Salesforce as a CRM, so you then have that integrated um, with Golden to be able to have all that kind of in the database of record at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, um, but to be totally honest, I I don't spend a whole lot of time in Salesforce. Most of the data that I, I need and that we're looking at um, lives inside the um, in, inside the, the the dashboard that we use for Golden. So they're, they're high level metrics, um, and then I pull a lot of that stuff into reports and Excel spits out. Um, a bunch of numbers and we're doing a, a data analysis and things like that
1: perfect yeah sam um any any color to add around their onboarding or the the process for someone to, to consider moving to to golden and what they can expect on a return on investment
2: yeah absolutely uh, tim thanks for sharing this is the first i'm hearing some of these metrics so cool. it's cool to hear it coming from your mouth but Regardless of what technology anybody's using or not using, I think a very clear um, point of of understanding what kind of return on investment you're getting. One one parameter to look at, especially if you really care about your program, which hopefully the people we work with and especially hands-on Atlanta, which by the way, many people listening to this podcast will be familiar with Tim's program uh, and their whole team. They generally internationally, but especially in the United States, have a reputation for operational excellence as a volunteer center, Um, sitting in between a very vibrant community of nonprofits, but also corporations. And in Atlanta, there's a huge concentration of large-scale employers like Delta, Home Depot, Coca-Cola, et cetera. And uh, Hands On Atlanta is working with all of those kinds of organizations as well as much smaller organizations to understand what they can do to be the best version of their company or the best version of their nonprofit in a broader community of of the greater Atlanta area. And in that way, they're really seen as the absolute vanguards in the country. There are only a handful of other volunteer centers that operate on that level. I'll go ahead and call a few of them out because I think they deserve some recognition. NY CARES, New York CARES, Hands-On Bay Area uh, stand out to me, but there are many others that that are great too. In terms of technology, though, Uh, This team is far ahead. And so when Tim says that they did some migration uh, up front, that's only because they kept very diligent records themselves before and they didn't want to lose continuity of their historical information and seeing how it lines up into current information so that he can espouse performance differences before and afters just the way that he did, had they not been so meticulous they would have had those records. There would have been no data migration hurdle whatsoever, but we really believe in helping the organizations operate to their full potential and really drive toward excellence if they want to do that. And so we, we take some time to support them, but by and large, that's not really the experience. If people have historical records, usually those are migrated within a week or two. It's just that these folks have really complicated uh, records. The other thing is the, the point I was making earlier is a metric everybody should be looking at when migration or adoption of a new system comes into place, particularly a technology system that may have migration or implementation, but also human change management is a parameter called time to value. And in particular in Salesforce, uh, you know, which hands-on Atlanta uses, and uh, I, I know Mark, you were referring to a little earlier, this is a huge metric because the power of a tool like Salesforce is in what you can do with it, not what it does out of the box, and so you need to consider, in addition to the base licensing fees, how you want to be using it, who you need to train what you need to build out and customize what you need to maintain if you're doing that internally with your own team and or with an external consultant et cetera and that's a big project but Tim, like just you know to to zoom out and so that people on the call who are who are following along understand the magnitude of the work that you guys did. On average in 2022, at the end of 2022, uh, the independent sector, which is the authority most people use for value of volunteer time calculation, it's the time officially that you can use on your 990 tax form. The national average uh, for an hour of volunteer time is like a couple pennies under $30 an hour nationally. And I don't know off the top of my head what George's is, but maybe you can tell us. So. The number that you just gave us in the first six months alone, the increase in performance that you guys saw in terms of numbers of hours booked equates to half a million dollars in economic value, in addition to what you were already doing. And to to have had that up and running within while you were doing whatever migration and, and implementation is just absolutely massive. And I'm sure, Mark, you'll ask us a little bit about what it means to engage a stakeholder, whether that stakeholder is a volunteer or an advocate or a donor. But in our view, the most valuable donors are volunteers. There's very clear um, academic research around this and industry research. For example, one we quote very frequently is a little dated now, but it's done by Fidelity Charitable, which most would agree is an absolute um, pillar in the philanthropic community related to to funding, particularly from donor-advised funds. And Fidelity Charitable says that people who volunteer donate 10 times more than those who don't volunteer. And I think all of us are looking at very unusual economic circumstances this week. Today is, as we're recording this, March 23rd, 2023. And in the last two weeks, you know, 16th largest financial institution went into receivership under FDIC. Many others uh, are close, you know, sort of on the precipice. Uh, And there's been, in our space, significant layoffs uh, across sectors and across industries. And those are signals that don't necessarily give us the warm fuzzies about what this year's fundraising metrics will look like. And so those of us who are in the business of making sure that those numbers go up every year need to be thinking about cultivating new populations of supporters, the ones who are going to be evergreen, the ones who are going to have high lifetime value, And they don't start as pure donors and donors aren't just pure donors. It's about the 360 degree understanding of who they are, what opportunities are available to them and getting them engaged in the right pattern of engagement. And it's a real area where hands-on Atlanta shines. And hopefully we'll be able to put up some big numbers this year, despite the economic conditions, because we're cultivating a better class of donor than used to exist.
1: I like it. No, that's, that's, that's all great stuff, you know, and it's, um, it's interesting because, you know, I've been following Golden Volunteer for a few years now since I learned about it. Um, I find it so interesting because so many of the enterprise suites in the nonprofit space have really done a poor job uh, or no job of building out a volunteer module in, in their suite of tools because it's not a moneymaker for them, right? It's like, oh, it's on the roadmap or we have this thing and, you know, you can create some forms, um, but it, it, it really is lacking in many cases. So it's it's so great to see that you came out with a reasonably priced, you know, solution, you know, right out of the gates that you, you uh integrate with a lot of different platforms. Um so you know, well done uh on that end. And uh yeah, my hat's off to you because the industry definitely needed it.
2: <laughs> Thanks. I mean, we are from where we sat. And the reason why the company is called Golden is because we want anybody to be able to live in their golden moments through acts of service in all their forms, which for us means removing any interference or any friction between anybody just identifying things that are inspiring to them or they feel like they're in the place they should be and they're free to contribute to their potential. And that has nothing to do with us. What, what has to do with us is understanding where there were systemic or systematic system scale or specific interaction barriers to people having the experience they always wanted to have and there were many you know finding organizations getting qualified getting in touch scheduling uh, going through all kinds of paperwork and background checks these are things that withheld you know the difference between the 90 percent of americans who wanted to volunteer and the 24 percent who did last year the difference is just the friction and the access and the quality of experience so we try and remove all that, so that folks like Hands On Atlanta can bring out the essence of these organizations and the problems they want to solve, what their communities feel like, expose that, and, and get people involved in it. So, thank you for the kind words. Uh, you know, we certainly have a role to play here, which is helping anybody who's got that kind of sense of purpose to go and play ball. But the the things you're referring to and thinking of are a direct result of the folks we work with rather than than the infrastructure we've built. That's
1: great. So, so Tim, tell us, you know, so you've got, you've had this um, for about six months now. It's all, sounds like it's running terrific, getting great results. You know, what's mm-hmm. next? What's what's on tap for the, the organization? Where, where's your focus moving forward? Uh, well, that's a
3: good question. I mean, we're in the middle of strategic planning right now. So, <laughs> so we're getting ready to, uh, uh, you know, talk a little bit more about that with our with our board in an in a all-day offsite tomorrow. So, like, the, you know, next-level thinking is really where um, we're focused on. I, I, I can share, you know, we, you know, our vision is to be the most civically engaged and equitable community in the world. And so I kind of talked earlier about, you know, just that frequency, you know, touching 35,000, 40,000 people on an annual basis. Like, we're not close. Uh, and frankly, our partners, um, you know, the need from from the community is is growing and so we're really looking at how can we um kind of double down on the folks that um, are already kind of like engaged and committed so if you're volunteering you know one two three times a year how can we get that to ten times a year um building more of a of a community of volunteers you know one of the things that we struggle with um just in our just our role is we're constantly telling volunteers to go to other other nonprofits. so a volunteer comes to us and they have, and they find a nonprofit, they have a great experience. The likelihood of them identifying as a hands-on Atlanta volunteer is probably a lot less. They're going to go there. They're say that they they volunteer with that organization or the, that organization's volunteer. Um, so that uh, on the other side, if somebody comes to us and they find a, they find a, a nonprofit and they have a not so great experience, well, then it's my fault because I was the one who told the, to go there. Mm. So our funnel is always open. And like we're always trying to get you know more and more engagement and and how we can really like build those uh i don't know like brand affinity um with with organizations to so think of us not just as the platform by which they they came to find their volunteer project but also um the community of of volunteers that we're trying to go so those are some things that we're we're you know thinking about how are we going to do that um moving forward and I've talked with some some members of sam's team on on how we can incorporate some of that through the golden platform and it seems uh as though it's going to be a lot easier than um, than I anticipated, which is which is good. It might be news to you, Sam. That's always good to but...
2: hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. to uh, ask you for specifics on that, Tim. So, what what are those areas of opportunity, and what kind of team members are helping you identify them?
3: Yeah, so um, we're trying to think more community management. So, how can I connect? let me just back up. So for, for, from our experience and where we're standing, like most people volunteer with somebody else. Um, it's it's Typically it's hard for someone just to go show up to a random nonprofit that they may have never been to before by themselves. Typically it's a strength in numbers thing. So you'll bring a coworker or a friend or a family member. Um, and so we want to like scale that idea and think, how can we connect volunteers at large to one another um, and really build a, you know, just a, not, I don't want to call it a social network, but just like anything else, it's just, it's a niche group of highly engaged, um, individuals. And, um, so what we're able to do is if we do that on discord, if we create a, a if it's a, a Slack channel, if it's a, a Facebook group, that's yeah, TBD being able to incorporate those, um, that link or, you know, that access directly within our volunteer portal, um, is something that the the team Kayla is, is the one I've, I've been working with on that. Um, and some of the, some of your engineers to, you know, make that happen. So that way it's a seamless, again, going back to friction, frictionless, because that's the biggest thing for us is we can't mm-hmm. create, you know, all these, we can't make it harder for folks to tr- to try to engage. So meet them where they are. Okay. We're, we're on the portal. Now let's take you to, to the community um, and try to do some, some long-term engagement there. We're also frankly just trying to, you know, sharpen um our nonprofit partners' ability to to engage volunteers and, and have really like strong, meaningful projects that folks are going to want to come back to. Uh, so we provide workshops and programming and things like that um, to build capacity and um you know really lean into to what we do best when paired with really good technology that works um to to hopefully bring those those folks together.
2: So Tim it's Very inspiring hearing you kind of very fluidly jump from talking about the perspective of problem solving and getting a program up and running and working the way you want and going right into within a couple of months, thinking about the evolution of your ecosystem and what kind of holistic experience you're trying to provide the folks that you work with. And some of that is human and experiential, other parts is maybe technology related and, and you touched on a few of those themes. But the important thing is just from a distance, listening to you speak, how much confidence you have in just tackling those things one after another. And you're mm-hmm. obviously talented, your team is very talented, but the fact of the matter is these projects don't need to be so daunting. I think you're your inspiration for maybe thousands, if not millions of organizers out there to see that they can just knock these things out and move to the next thing on their list. As far as community management is concerned, there are a lot of different options. Discord and Slack are great ones or WhatsApp groups. These are things people use casually all the time and do the job. Mm-hmm. They're also you know, very much more uh, robust solutions in certain ways that exist out there. For example, in Salesforce, like Salesforce Experience Cloud, which used to be called Communities, which have some other benefits, but all of these can be connected to the profiles you have of your volunteers. So they can use the same login, hop over to Discord, have a similar experience. The platforms are linked to each other. Their data lives on your record of that person. That person owns their own data. So if they need to delete it, it can be deleted. And um, but it, it just sounds like you're able to use the technology to do strategic things. It's not about the technology itself, but you need to have the right technology in place. And the folks who are used to using it, whether it's, you know, our client strategy team who you very kindly called out here you know, whose job it is to be in your corner and just sort of understand, not necessarily build, but just help you make informed choices. Um, or whether you're working with folks like Texas that help operationalize, uh, you know, choices like that. The whole reason why I think the three of us are here is so that we can focus on the quality experience that you're trying to deliver and not get so drowned in the details of tool selection, operationalization, budgeting, et cetera. Um, I just really appreciate how easy you show that it is, not, not that you make it look. I think many times we get in our own heads about how arduous these projects seem from the outside, but mm-hmm. you guys are doing a terrific job of just taking one thing, moving after the other, and you know clearly you'll have millions of dollars of economic value in terms of time savings, volunteer hour origination, donation improvements, uh, maybe corporate sponsors and so forth that you've been able to get as a result mm-hmm. of taking these projects head on yeah well well i appreciate that and i
3: i can just say that um a lot of that comes with um our embracing of failure so we've we've taken a a page out of the uh you know the the startup playbook which is you know fail fast and um uh i myself and our ceo hosted it used to host a a series of events um i won't i won't use the correct word but uh f up night uh where where we (laughs) we've learned a lot so um Uh, I think it's, it's, it's bringing that mentality to, to the stage to see like, all right, well, let's just try it. Let's see if it works. Let's put an MVP together and uh, you know, go to town. And uh, your team has been really, you know, I'm I'm thankful for the team because any request that we've had big or small typically gets somewhere found its way into, you know, the pipeline. And then, you know, a week later or days later, it's, Hey, that, that thing we were talking about in our meeting last week is um, you know, it's solved we figured it out and here we go and this is what we're doing or hey it's part of a bigger push and we're going to be rolling that out you know next quarter with these 14 other things so i i just like that the product continues to evolve and you know meet us meet us where we are meet you know meet the we talked earlier like the world is different very different today than it was three years ago uh and so we're continuing to to change and evolve with it so i appreciate that
1: yeah to that point we were we were chatting before we started the recording and uh of course as it does these days chat uh gpt comes up right um and uh and it was interesting to hear um sam you mentioned that you've got um you know some some ai already built and have been has been built and adding to it so would love to hear a little bit more about that if you would mind sharing
2: yeah, absolutely. I think AI, obviously, people are talking about it and thinking about it. And some folks understand how big of a change this is in, in the order of, of magnitude of it in, in terms of the biggest technological events in human history. And even even before November, when ChatGPT launched, the idea of AI certainly was on people's heads. It's been It's been inspiring science fiction for decades already, but we're really in the thick of it now. And Golden was founded in 2015. And even in 2015, we were using AI to some degree to do personalization of content to an end user, to an everyday person who's just trying to find volunteer opportunities. So we use filters and certain parameters to rank order. You know, we have an algorithm for giving, giving options to people, but behaviorally, we're observing and profiling in an anonymous, non invasive way what we think is going to have Uh, more appeal to users over time, just the same way a lot of other personalization engines like on Netflix or Amazon work. And so we've had that AI. It's resulted in really strong performance since inception uh, for people finding and participating in volunteer opportunities. So for example, nobody else in the industry prior to Golden was actually tracking the percentage of people who look at an opportunity listing and attend it. Because the listing services, many of whom were our partners, distribution partners, didn't specialize in facilitating volunteering. They just specialized in getting somebody to find an organization that they could then get in touch with and, and coordinate. And likewise, the tools that those organizations were using were only used for time tracking. They weren't an end-to-end way of observing people's discovery and engagement with them. And Golden inspired many other companies to think in this way, but that was very novel. And uh, our metrics, we don't benchmark against other people in the social sector. We really benchmark against industry leaders and you know, strong e-commerce conversion rates. So if you're on Nike.com and you're adding a pair of shoes to your shopping cart, something like a six or 7% conversion rate of somebody who's looking at a pair of shoes, adding it to their shopping cart would be considered good. Something like Amazon, is maybe in the 12, 13% range and you're on Amazon every day. And so its it's engine is getting very good at recommending products to you. We on average convert people to sign up for volunteer opportunities. This is live inventory, not just express interest and fill out a form with their contact information. 22.5% of the time and on mobile it's higher, it's in the mid twenties. And uh, that's because there's excellent content, but also because there's AI there. Uh, The future of AI for us is in automating optimization of opportunity listings for organizers so when they're posting opportunities you know we obviously have very clear structure in how we get quality opportunities up there but we can help improve it and give inline feedback or even create uh, content in certain cases sometimes from your own content library to give a really strong opportunity listing and we can also use ai to profile and stay with the ideal uh versions of your donors to get them to donate to their full potential along their journeys whatever those journeys are it's not just a drip sequence of communications it's understanding who they are what their aspirations are what their engagement patterns are when they're in moments of high satisfaction what their potential to give is what their network looks like uh and then helping them get to that place so that the same way they have that strong volunteer experience they feel like they're the kind of supporter that's done everything they could to make the mission Possible and uh, so're we're, we're very inspired by all that. It's not just a gimmick, it's another instance of how new technology can take these barriers out of the way to people having mm-hmm. the highest quality of life possible. That's awesome that's great
1: yeah, so no that's that's one that's terrific, and I love to see that stuff in action it's um it's it's here it's real it's you know it's not like you said it's not just a gimmick so that that's the important part right How can we actually use this to make the world better? Um, so, Tim and Sam, any any final thoughts? Any advice for folks in the trenches? You know about volunteerism and and looking to to improve uh, efficiencies. Uh, any any final thoughts in any of this process?
3: Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just say, hopefully I still have a job if, uh, you know, chat is going to, I'm, I'm trying to just like stay ahead of the curve. I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta figure this thing out. Man.
1: I think you're good. <laughs> but, you I know, think the, you're the good. Mar-
3: <laughs> the market, the marketer in me is freaking out a little bit, but, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, um, I, I think, I think for me, the, you know, over the course of, um, the past year or so that we've really been working closely with, with Sam and his team, uh, it's it's really just kind of been beaten over my head and it's become very obvious this uh, idea of just like simplicity and just make it easier uh i i think for me as a like i said you know i'm you know my background is is in marketing um and so i'm i'm thinking i'm i'm creative i'm thinking of like how do i how do i make this look prettier how do i add you know certain words to make it sound better or convert it and at the end of the day it just needs to work Um, a lot of our nonprofits uh that we work with are really small organizations they're there are folks. Some a lot of them are just volunteers themselves. um, Especially a lot of our food pantry partners, Uh, they don't really know what they're doing. They don't get technology. They they just want to help their community. They want to they want to feed their neighbors. Um, And similarly, like volunteers are, you know, it's it's kind of like one of the same. They they don't they don't need like all the bells and whistles um, that I want to give them and that I you know I want to make it you know this this big beautiful thing, even though it is. It's it's the fact that it's simple. And so what we've what we've been able to do is really carry that through a lot of other things that we do across our organization is really just kind of dumb it down and let's just make it easy to understand and 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 easy to use. And we've we've seen a lot of growth from that. We've we've seen a lot of success by just removing those barriers. And 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 I have to say, like if I'm being honest, like a lot of that was just it came very obvious and clear when we started working with the team at Golden. And their whole philosophy and how everything was operating and how they built that their um, their company and how they built their their software, it, it was it was really helpful for us. So that would be my uh, my my parting take on anything. There's a lot of things I could talk to you about, uh, but I think um, you know just keeping it simple and and that's it. I
2: like it, Sam. Any final thoughts? I mean, that was, that was wonderful to hear music to my ears, Tim, so <laughs> you know, the team, I think when the team hears this, you're going to bring some people to tears because of of what it's taken to make it possible. And, it, you know, our clients don't always use the tools to their potential and they don't always see us as the kinds of partners that we see ourselves in, in the eyes of the clients. I'm sure Mark, you've had experiences like that with your clients too. So it means a lot. So thank you for sharing that. I would just say for anybody who is ambitious about what they'd like to do, you have an example now, Tim's organization that you can model yourselves after sort of see what they're doing at handsonatlanta.org.
1: Yeah. Great story. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Thank you both for joining us today and um, look forward to being out there in the wild and seeing everybody at upcoming conferences. And thanks for, thanks for sharing all your thoughts today, guys. Have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us at BridgeTech and for the next episode of The Nonprofit Voice. Listen to more episodes at nonprofitpro.com as well as on Apple, Google, and Spotify.